Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Oh, and thank you so much for joining us for your Ring of Honor and TNA post show. I'm still getting used to saying it. That's the most fluid. I've gone from the non-impact, the TNA letter <laughs> since, <laughs> since the switch back. But it is February 15th already. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got a lot of ROH to talk about tonight. Some really good stuff on the show. The women's tournament kicked off, which is a big one. The return of Kenny King to this brand was a very yes. like heartwarming thing. Love to see that. And a whole lot going on in TNA world as well. We ask you to get in your super chats if there's anything that you want to ask about, um, anything that you want to comment on as we go through this episode, and to please leave a thumbs up as we are the little show that could over here on ROH TNA world. But your guys' support has been incredible. The fact that this um, usually runs between 1,500 and 2,000 views, upwards of that on really big weeks is, is so cool mm-hmm. to me because I don't even know if there's that many people subscribed to watch ROH, to be honest. So when <laughs> you guys show out, it's something that we really, really appreciate. Um, we're also going to ask you off the bat to subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. And I do want to keep clarifying, as I have been on most post shows, that things like injuries, like we saw to Shotzi Blackheart, things like the scandal, there is a free tier that you can subscribe to on Fightful Select. We try not to paywall things that feel icky to paywall whenever we can. You'll often get supplementary details to those injuries or those stories behind the paywall. You'll get a little bit more context and more additional information. But for like being able to follow something that is so much bigger than wrestling or things that are more than creative or contracts and stuff like that, we do try to make it as accessible as possible for people. But for $5 in the business, my God, you do get a hell of a value back there all the scoops you could possibly get contextual details for scoops that other people break as well um sean goes really far out of his way to get as many perspectives on things as possible as he can and to verify that things are correct something that's becoming increasingly important in this world plus a bunch of bonus podcasts to get sean's q a you get me and alex palowski doing alternative pay-per-view post shows and Every other week, you get Ask Rhapsody, which Reg got to do today. And we were talking before we got on here about how refreshing it was this week to not have like 
a scandal or a giant executive shakeup at another company or anything like that kind of clouding. And we were able to get back to grabs a little bit, though those stories are being followed very closely by Sean and actively worked on. Uh, but for us on the podcasting side, it was refreshing to kind of have something uh, a little different, a little bit more of a palate cleanser. But how was Ask City today? What did you guys talk about? Uh, it was a pretty good show today. 90% of the questions were, are if Swerve's going to win the championship at Revolution? Like, legit, we'd say, they'd be like, is Swerve going to win? Then we answer another question, then the next question. What do you guys think about Swerve winning at Revolution? Like, everybody's super duper interested in the finale to this triple threat match. And uh, I'm along for the ride. I'm in stuck in between uh, it's Swerve time. As we can see, Kate, like, he's over like Rover. Fans are into it. Every like all the pieces are there, but Samoa Joe. Oh my goodness! Is he gracious. not doing incredible work? Yo, like he since he before he was world champ, but since he's been world champ, he's been so locked in. He's been the promos have been extra. His his clothing, like he's a world champ, and so it's like I don't know if it's time to give it up yet. It's like it's it's stuck between a really good place. Like you either continue. Samoa Joe's great run or you get a, a swerve run so I mean I'm in all the way you know I said this on the Mark Order podcast yesterday to me I'm, I'm just such a fan of Samoa Joe and I feel like there's never going to be a good time for him to drop to me because I'm always right. going to be interested in the work he has to do as a world champion I also <laughs> think this being a triple set there's a very interesting possibility of Swerve comes out as champion and you get this side hangman Samoa Joe feud out of it could be something that's really fun. Like Samoa Joe versus hangman isn't something I knew I needed. And then when I was thinking about all the possibilities in, in this triple threat, I was like, oh man, them going at it could just be a blast, especially with Magnum mustache heelish hangman yeah. <laughs> going at it. <laughs> so that's fun. I'm glad you got a lot of questions about that on Ask Rhapsody. It's a very refreshed title picture. I loved a lot of what MJF did, but um, turning the page on it has has been a really refreshing thing. But we're not here to talk AEW. We're here to talk some Ring of Honor, and we are going to get into it. We do want to thank Corey Mitchell for becoming a new member on YouTube. We thank you so much for the extra support and appreciate anybody that wants to support us in any of the plethora of ways I asked you to at the beginning of the show. But we get right into our women's tournament here which was a blast. Now I'm going to run down the bracket and then we'll talk about the matches that we saw tonight as well, which I saved on my phone and not on my computer because I'm an idiot. Give me one yep. second here. Mm -hmm. But tonight we started the show with Queen Aminata and J-Rod. Um, we have Velvet versus Moon. We have Love mm. versus Taya Valkyrie. We have Rachel Elring versus Leia LaHirsch, which we also got tonight. Hogan versus Diamante that we got tonight. Billy Starks versus uh, Robin Renegade, which we're getting next week. Mercedes Martinez versus Trisha Dora. Mm. We're going to talk about that one. Viva mm. <laughs> Vaughn versus Abaddon, which I think is going to be super, super fun. So what I love about this tournament before we get into the specific matches, Reg, is that we have a couple of people that feel like that they can take this title realistically. Like to yeah. me right now, it feels like Queen Aminata just from – the backstage we got, the role that she's on. Um, but it could very easily be Billy Starks. It could very easily yep. be Diamante. Like, there's a lot of really fun directions this can go. And to me, that makes the tournament more exciting because I'm not already doing the elimination math in my head as easily. Um, what are your thoughts on who you think might prevail as the winner in this? 
Uh, I think what what they're setting up with Queen Amanada is like hard to kind of deny the trajectory she's on. I was super duper happy to see Sandra Moon on here. She is an incredibly talented woman. Uh, She's had one of my favorite women's wrestling matches of the year so far at the last West Coast Pro Show. So it's great to see a couple of those pieces, her, Viva Van, uh, Robin Renegade, some people in here that they're probably not going to win, but great to see them represented. But yeah, just like you said, there's so many contenders on here. Mercedes, uh, Amanada, diamante like any one of them could be like the winner of this and it'll all be good and the thing that i like about it the most is a couple of these women like athena like beat them so they weren't they didn't feel like contenders or they were going to be in that uh division anymore so they're kind of refreshed over here it just feels good all around this was a refreshing episode for women's wrestling specifically in that championship Boy, was it. And the main event was like so intense and fun. I can't wait to talk about it. But we have some matches to get to before we do that. Starting off with Queen Aminata versus J-Rod, who looked great in this. I love how we got this consistent thing that everybody was pretty evenly matched until they weren't. And some of these ones that you had with like less familiar names. And that was the case here. Early, you have Aminata getting a a near fall. But then it's kind of even. Mm-hmm. Um, with some strikes being traded and some moves being traded. And then J-Rod goes for a quick pin off of a suplex. And then the push-ups happen, Reg. And Amanada is pissed. Yes. I love her mm-hmm. presence, her facial reactions, her, the command that she has when she's pissed off. My God. She was very insulted by this, and she retaliates with some strikes here. But winning with the headbutt into the pin to advance in the tournament – I loved how there's not really a story here. And then all of a sudden the pushups happen and there was a story here. And the yeah. story was you pissed off Queen Amanada and that's really bad for you. It's like, you're going to get hit with a headbutt bad for you. Love this as an opener. Love what we're getting out of Queen Amanada since her return. Um, and tons of reps. We saw her on Rampage and Collision and I think Dynamite as well. So she's been all mm. over the place. Absolutely adore seeing this gonna let you take the wheel while i plug in my charger yes i think that uh the coolest thing i like about this is exactly what you said earlier about there being so many contenders the match wasn't a squash and it it was kind of the story throughout the whole episode it's like none of these matches were squashes all of these women look like contenders even the ones that are losing like j-rob looked great here like she didn't get beat up like she kept up with aminata between a whole lot of this and she just looked like she was comfortable and was supposed to be there but Amanada's on this trajectory that like it's gonna take a train a missile a grenade to stop her from winning this championship and her just being like do not disrespect me in this ring is just so good she's so confident and and hard-hitting and just her aura is crazy it's like there's not a lot of wrestlers that are like her and she kind of being one of the main players to get this championship is showing a lot and her being on every episode of AEW dynamite or AEW shows that somebody up there likes her a lot. Yeah. And with good reason, she's fantastic in the ring. She's one of the most, when we talk about things like character versus gimmick, she is one of the most in command of her character. I would say Tony storm is the most in command of her character slash gimmick. Cause she's like, in this really insane, happy medium with it. But from just the understanding, the intention of every move she makes in the ring, Queen Aminata is just 
unbelievable at it. Different. Love to see it. We also get a backstage from her, which we haven't gotten from a lot of other people, which I feel like kind of tips the hand of the booking a little bit, but yeah. just talking about what it means to represent Africa. And she didn't come all this way to be made a fool out of. She's the queen. It is her ring. It is her tournament. Absolutely loved what we got out of that backstage as well. If you have any extra comments on it, it was pretty precise, but effective, I thought. Yeah, I was hoping that maybe we'll get some online, but it'll be more like the Continental Classic where every all the winners just kind of got their thing off. So it doesn't feel like it's telegraphed. It's that like if only one or two people are doing these promos, it's going to feel like something. But if everybody's doing them, then it feels like that's what the tournament is, is holding on. But yeah, her getting even more time like that to express herself, talking about the silver is going to look great on her. It's all just more things that are going to get people to get behind her in this tournament. And I was looking on Twitter after her match and when this tournament has been announced, and a lot of people think that she's going to win this. Agreed. And I think what was cool tonight is we haven't really gotten a lot of promos from her or backstages from her. So to get her just for a couple minutes to kind of speak here, I thought was a, a really great idea and effective thing to do. The work speaks for itself. She does not need yeah. an overwhelming amount of promo time, but it is very cool to see her speak uh, in this. I was happy that they gave her the time to do that. And J-Rod looked great here in her debut as well. Yeah. Um, just an ass kicker and and like a great look to her. My goodness. Like really she looks good like look. She's, Tall, yeah, like presence. Like she's uh, um, she should be brought back. Strong, yeah ricochet abs like she's killing mm -hmm. it she looks fantastic mm -hmm. um and just uh like you someone you can kind of immediately know what they're about as soon as you see them which i think is something that's a lot trickier to accomplish in wrestling than a lot of people think so hope right. that she comes back around because she's fantastic so we move on here to the infantry sean dean and carly bravo who defeat midnight heat ricky gibson and eddie pearl this was a fun match. The crowd was kind of dead for it, which mm. makes no sense because the infantry are great. Mm. And even after the match, you had Carly Bravo just literally spinning all the way to the back, trying to wake this crowd up for something. But such is the case with these ROH tapings. It's it's a real up and down crowd situation, and there's not always so much you can do about it as a performer. But you have the infantry here with some double team moves, cutting off Midnight Heat from each other when they're reaching in for that tag. And then finally we get... Dean and Bravo with the opening for the boot camp to get the win. This is a, a good match. Uh, and what follows up later makes a little bit more sense for this match, I would say. Yeah. And there was a really, really fun promo that takes place later in the show. But um, this, I was like, oh, this was solid. This was good stuff. And then when I saw what we got later, I was like, I see where we're going mm -hmm. <laughs> with this a little bit. But no complaints. Nothing particularly outstanding. Always love seeing the infantry in action. Uh, wasn't as familiar with Midnight Heat. I think I'd see them maybe on AEW Dark a time or two, but uh, mm -hmm. nice to see them getting an appearance here as well. Uh, your thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, I think my favorite thing about this match was that at the end of it, Caprice was like, this is all great. This I love the infantry. I just want to see them get more wins. Kind of echoing the same things we say on this podcast of like, you guys are amazing. We love the infantry, all three of y'all, but we just want to see you rack up more wins. So seeing them get a win here was cool. They're out there shining. They get to show exactly who the infantry was. The the Midnight Heat kind of having a flavor of the Outrunners playing into what was to come later too was really cool. But I think just uh, Sean and Carly gaining confidence every week being put in positions like this is great 
But just like Capri said, more wins, you guys. More wins. <clears throat> We're going to have a little talk real quick, okay? Because I would like Carly Bravo and Sean Dean to get some wins. I mean, mm. the most successful world champ of all time, and Sean Dean has two wins against him and zero losses, I'm just saying. Yeah. But we're going to talk about Trisha Dora in a minute. And ROH, you are, you're in trouble. You're in trouble with me. I'm sending you're grounded for two weeks. No TV for you. I need the, the beep, 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 like censored button uh, right now sound effects because it's going to get bad when that comes in. It's going to get really bad. But I'm just, I'm letting you know that punishment is coming because I was legit angry. But. Before I was legit angry, I was legit excited about legit Layla and Rachel Elring, who have had this frenemy relationship. They're finally friends and on the same page. And we get this match, which I love the way that they booked the friendship with tension story and this. Surprise, Kate loves technical wrestling. I know that's a shock. We are (laughs) all so surprised. (laughs) Huge scoop. Stole it right from Sean. I love technical wrestling, but matches like this are exactly why. I love what we got out of Layla Hirsch and Rachel Elring because it's very easy to look at them and say, Layla Hirsch comes up to Rachel Elring's hip. Like, how in the hell is someone supposed to beat somebody like that? But if you have an arm bar and somebody's on the ground, it's actually pretty easy to get there. I love what a an absolute equalizer technical wrestling is when it's done right. Everybody's got an arm. Anybody's got a limb that you can break here, right? And that's exactly where Layla Hirsch's head was, I felt like, during this. So we have this injury spot in the middle of the match where Layla Hirsch goes to lock in that arm bar on Rachel Elring in a really, really well-done job, uh, I felt like, one of the more realistic injury-looking spots uh, by Rachel Elring selling this dislocation thing. They have um, Doc come and pop it back in, and she says that she can continue. She takes the arm brace off to sell that it's, like, swelling and everything. Absolutely loved what we got here. But with that injury, we have Elring trying to get Hirsch in the finish it, but tricked Hirsch as she got close to the two count. Hirsch gets mad about this and works over Elring until she gets the one, two, three. So just a lot of really, really fun story in this. Not only with the injury happening, but Layla Hirsch continuing to just decidedly hurt her friends because she was pissed off about the way that Elric went about business. Turnabout's fair play, I guess. But I just loved how this match was laid out. And then the promo that we get backstage after is just Rachel Elring dejected about the loss and Hirsch showing up and apologizing about the injury. That's not how she wanted to win. They're on the same page here. But I just love, love, love the layers that unfolded through the lens of technical wrestling. And I I thought it was a a brilliant way to go about business here. What did you think of this match in the uh, promo after? You were when you were describing Layla Hirsch earlier, an idea popped into my brain. Layla Hirsch, Deanna Perrazzo and Serena Deeb as a team. Just book it already. Just make them the faction. They're destroying everybody in the world. Everybody's arms are getting ripped off. I love that uh, with how many matches we got today in the women's tournament, how different they all were. And this one was totally different. They picked a pick limb work, which I thought was a great idea. Them kind of stopping the match to sell 
give Rachel Ellering some more sympathy from the fans, give them for from the viewers at home of like, should she still be in this match? Showing Layla Hurst that even if this is my friend, I'm still a killer. I want that championship. There's nothing in the world that's going to stop me from this championship. And you could put my friend first. You could put my friend last. I'm going to rip her arm off on the way to this championship. Storytelling, Kate. They say that matches aren't stories, but look what we got here. Who would have have imagined? Layla Hirsch's moonsault also was awesome. She hit that. Yes. I thought this match was really good from a technical standpoint, a strike standpoint, selling standpoint. Really strong stuff from both of these women. The Tecker fans eating well in 2024, including in women's wrestling, which is pretty cool to say. You mentioned Deanna before. Serena D back, but this I love, 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 especially in an environment like ROH where the in-ring can be the story. Oh, yep. just aces all around. Absolutely adored it. And to your point, all of these matches did feel different. If you asked me what I thought the best match of the night was, it was probably the main event. If you mm-hmm. asked me what my favorite match of the night was, it was probably this. And I love that um, sometimes we get something that's just overwhelmingly the most awesome thing on the show. This had a lot of different options to kind of pick from because the stakes were equal in four of the matches. So it's, yep. it's a pretty uh, cool little episode to, to pick through here. Well, backstage we have uh, Nyla Rose giving a promo. And if you were like, Hey, what are the different pieces of her outfit? She's got you covered. <laughs> her hat says hat, her shirt says shirt. Yep. This is a whole bunch of fun. I thought there was like a cool pop culture thing I wasn't up on because I am like I shop at Macy's or whatever the fuck. So mm-hmm. I <laughs> didn't even. But no, this is just her being extremely silly. Uh, I loved it. I absolutely adored it. But she's giving a promo asking where Athena is because she's been dodging her all this time. And here comes Athena with payback from last week, hitting her with the table and then Rose lifting her up like that. I don't know what the meme is even from, but like. <laughs> the bigger gal lifting up the littler gal. It's really cool to see. I know why you don't know where it's from. Is it from Pornhub or something? (laughs) (laughs) I figured as much. It had that vibe, but it also felt maybe a little bit more wholesome than that, like in a little bit of voice. It started out wholesome. (laughs) You know what? Fair. Very fair. Touche. But later, we have Athena cutting a promo about how Nyla has knocked her on her ass and how she's tired of it. Um, I loved this promo from her. Her saying, like, every everybody else she's been able to basically control and beat up, essentially. But every time she stumbles across Nyla, she's just getting her ass kicked. And she is in this position where she's the one who can't back down now. We've seen her go from extremely dominant to kind of dodging Nyla a little bit. and also. Right. Um, anytime she does come across Nyla having to pay the consequences for it. So it feels very much like we're headed in an Athena baby turn direction or at least a tweener. Um, but I just love how different this feud has felt because someone bigger and stronger and now she's questioning maybe better than her uh, is involved in this. Adore this. And I love the way the story is laid out. We'll save the the final segment between the two of them for later. But mm-hmm. what did you think of these pieces of the story tonight? Yeah, I love the the backstage segment with Nyla with all of her gear that says what the gear is. Amazing way to start. Athena coming in the beat down. I thought all of it was really strong. 
I love that story that you're saying here of Nyla kind of coming and beating Athena at her own game. Like she's the funny slash dominating slash get you in the shape, but also is really endearing and, and trying to teach you something, but we'll also bash your head in. Like she's doing all the things that Athena's kind of known for and kind of outdoing her. And Athena's like, well, what's going on here? Like, I don't really, it seems like she's like, whoa, this is a blur. Like, I don't really understand why this is happening so fast. I love for the last couple of weeks that they've been the string throughout all the Ring of Honor episodes. It was the sure. same way here of like their uh, their backstage segments were like the glue kind of holding this episode together. Um, really strong stuff from Athena with the promo too of showing some sympathy, showing that She's not the angry person that she's been. She's in a weird position of kind of wanting be, to be the minion leader, but also having to try to get Nyla off of her back. Great stories being told. Could Nyla win this championship, Kate? What do you think? Man, I've been thinking about that a little bit. And I feel like the fact that I'm even wondering shows how great of a job they've done with this story. Cause in the beginning I was like, it'll be a fun defense for Athena. Like immediately mm -hmm. hadn't really considered it. And now I'm kind of wondering, I do feel like, I don't know. Nyla Rose hadn't really been doing much in AEW. So maybe this is a great home for her, but from just like a brand personality perspective, it feels maybe more like some of those contenders that are in the TV title picture, um, maybe match up here. I still think maybe if Billy doesn't win the TV title, she wants to come back for it because she lost her chance at the other championship. So maybe Billy's more ready this time. So it doesn't necessarily feel there's no reason that it doesn't feel like she could couldn't rather, but it also, I don't feel like if the payoff for this incredible reign is Nyla Rose, mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on this question that you post? You know, uh, it's, tough because depending on what they're going to do with Athena we still that was one of the questions earlier in Ask City too of like are they going to move Athena up with all these women coming in to the main roster that she could have amazing matches and and all these things with like is it time and it's like yeah it's been time for a long time so it's like if they're going to move her up Nyla might be a good transition but like you said a couple of the women in the the TV title tournament I think would be like if Aminata lost the title yeah. tournament, but ended up beating Athena, like that would probably hit a little bit harder than her even winning the TV title. Um, so there's things like that, but it's like, also it's Nyla. She's kind of been killing it. She's shown that if she was one of the faces of this ROH brand, that it'd be entertaining and we'd have a lot to look forward to. So it wouldn't be the worst, but yeah, we might be in that, a couple of people are saying in the chat of that Athena territory of putting someone over, and you're not really putting Nyla over. She's already over. That's the thing, is she doesn't necessarily need to get made by it. Like, mm -hmm. this title reign has been a, I can make a star with whoever I drop it to kind of thing, and I don't think Nyla needs it, but I'm, I'm really liking the story we're getting here, so I don't yeah. think I would be mad about it. Now, this is an interesting point, too. Uh, Travis Lindsay saying if Camille does sign ROH might be a better fit for her. I've been thinking about that too. Camille versus this particular roster, I think could be really great. And she is someone coming over from NWA world, very, very different environment than AEW. Now there's a lot of people that have done so really well. Eddie Kingston, Ricky Starks, Thunder Rosa. There's an endless list of people. When I tell people NWA used to actually be good, and I name those names. They're like, wait, really? And I say, don't believe it. 
people don't believe me. People don't mm-hmm. believe me. But Ricky Starks, I feel like, was the steal of the century from NWA. Uh, but I, um, it, it, I think ROH could be a really cool place for her. It just depends mm-hmm. what they want to do. She's such a unique talent um, that I, I feel like there might be some good ways to kind of acclimate her a little bit in ROH. And I just have such an interest in seeing her versus Rachel Elring, her versus Layla Hirsch, her versus Queen Aminata, her versus Taya. Like there's a lot of women that I personally want to see the feuds of, uh, but well, it depends on what their plans are. If it feels like she's a big incoming free agent, maybe you want to kind of put her on the AEW brand, but um, it, it'll be interesting. Where do you think Camila lines up? Um, that's a great point that, is being brought up here because I kind of thought she might have fit well in this ROH TV title tournament because of exactly what you're saying. She lines up so well with a lot of these women would have been a kind of great way to introduce her because like you said, a lot of people don't know this amazing feat that she did over an NWA because they didn't watch that. They couldn't access it. NWA is NWA. So there's all these reasons that she's going to come in with the she's going to come in way different than like Deona and Taya came in because they both came off Impact Wrestling, which people actually watch sometimes. So it's like <laughs> they have to uh, find a way to introduce her. And I thought that this would be a great way. But she's such a like brooding, big presence that it's not really going to matter. Just put her on TV and people are going to be like, oh, shit, who's that? You know what I mean? Like she's one of those kind of special talents that there's ways to make it work in in any direction. So, but yeah, I thought she might've been part of this tournament, but she's going to come in and be a force and on any roster that she's in for any of those championships, just because like I said, her presence and everything she kind of represents. Agreed. I wouldn't hate the idea of, and I don't want to get into vignette talk because we know <laughs> where that can go, but she's someone that because she was on a lesser known brand and because of her stature and presence, like, she might be someone that's worth putting together like a couple weeks or one longer vignette of like, hey, this is who this person is. It's a big deal that she's here. This is what she accomplished in NWA because she had that title for over 500 days, I think. Like yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. So uh, I, I think it would be worth doing that from uh, a crowd that as I feel like hip to wrestling as AEW and ROH crowds are, this might be something that is helpful. This might be something that is helpful. 800 days, Matthew Hook says. That's a lot. That's a long time. My goodness. Was it really 800? Tells you how much, <laughs> exactly. tells you how much I know about my NWA, but good <laughs> stuff. You know what I'm realizing as I'm going down this list of matches? Uh, there's like two men's singles matches on here. And it's really cool yeah. that we're talking so much about women's wrestling, like very organically and without it being like a, Oh my god, women's wrestling. Like that's just this where might this be the most uh lopsided main wrestling type of program that that's ever happened with like more women's matches than men's matches. That's rare besides like all women's promotions. Like this doesn't happen. This is really sure. cool that this is just normal. We're about to the main event was a women's match and it's not like some milestone. It's just like, yeah, that's what Ring of Honor does. It's so cool. It is. I will give credit to NXT for that too. I don't like the they way do that mm-hmm. they go about the booking of their women's division, but the screen time is almost 50-50. Very cool to see that showing up here on Thursday nights, and tonight was actually very heavily female-dominated mm-hmm. um, as far as singles matches in particular go and those matches having some stakes. Uh, not a lot of championships, but I'm going to not complain about that because I'm in a good mood, but we get 
A men's tag match here, a lot of fun to be had with the Outrunners and Lights Camera Faction, Ice Williams and Action Braxton. The Outrunners start by giving the Code of Honor to themselves a very old school <laughs> heel move. Absolutely loved that. Outrunners with their 80s shenanigans uh, finish this is where the story of, of this match is, is that they hit the boot camp, the infantry's finisher for the win. Very 80s style match, but this leads to the backstage with Lexi Nair uh, and the infantry and Moriarty arrives and says uh, that the Outrunners stole their finisher and that he's been watching them for like 37 years and they've never <laughs> used it before. He makes a reference to the Sportatorium, which popped me huge. This was such a fun way to go about business. The infantry just feels so different than the Outrunners in every possible way. Like, they feel so fresh and hip and modern to me. Uh, and just really, really, like, modern-day cool. And the Outrunners, such an 80s throwback. This was an absolute, absolute blast. I love the promos that we're getting here. I would love some infantry wins. <laughs> but this was this was a blast. Uh, your thoughts on the match in the backstage that we got? You know, Kate, a uh, few, it's been a couple weeks now. Uh, I was on the Twitter account, very upset at a match. Sorry to with, hear that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought you meant being on Twitter in general. Yeah, yeah. in general. I was uh, very <laughs> upset about a match with the young hook where he beat up two guys and squashed them in a match. And then mm -hmm. a week later, those same two guys got beat up by Brian Cage in a handicap match. And I was like, why in the world? are you putting an established tag team in squash matches like this? And everybody's like, that's not what they are. They're dumb. Nobody cares. They never get wins. Who cares about the outrunners? And I'm like, none of you guys watch ring of honor, first of all. And second of all, they're never going to be, if you do them like this, what are you doing? So they announced yesterday, they put out this graphic. The outrunners are going to be on ring of honor. I'm like, why are they emphasizing them? I hate them. You told me to hate them two weeks ago. Why are you doing this to me? So this whole outrunners thing, I was out on it until Lee Moriarty confronted the infantry. And then I was all the way back in because that shit was hilarious. I don't know why <laughs> they're doing this feud with them taking their finisher but they got me right back in. I was like, actually, I understand what they're doing. It's a mini feud on Ring of Honor, and I'm all in. I just don't want the uh, the established tag teams like the Outrunners because they really can be something if given the chance, and they shouldn't be in squash matches. But that's another story for another day. I love them here. I love them going with the old school thing, saying they've been doing this move for a long time. They're in the Iron Claw, Claw not the movie, the original Iron Claw with the, <laughs> the Von Eric boys. So good stuff. Very clever. You know what? The only thing that I have to take objection to with that, Reg, is that it's not another story for another day. It's a story for today because I'm sick of the AW roster making chumps out of ROH tag teams. They did it with I'm Vincent and Dush with MJF. They've done it several times. And I, people that work in wrestling podcasting that I know, Alex Pulaski, call them the job jobbers because that's what they are in AEW. And it's not fair to have them reduced to that, I don't think, myself. Mm -hmm. So it's not a different story for another day. It's a story for right now because <laughs> I like the Outrunners and I'm Me sick too. of having to tell people that they're really good. Be nice. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, 
play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Shame. Something that was nice to talk about here was Brian Keith and Slice Boogie. It was so nice to see Kenny King and Slice Boogie back tonight. How fun was this? We get uh, a really fun piece of storytelling from Slice Boogie where like Brian Keith's just entrance in his gunslinger outfit kind of intimidated Slice Boogie off the top. Like that is some veteran stuff right there, honest to God. Like that really, really is if it's like, someone's presence just makes you intimidated and I can read that off of you as a wrestler veteran veteran stuff but quick victory for Brian Keith here with the around the world's cutter uh love seeing slice boogie here reliable talent caprice and always killing it giving some nice context for who slice is and why he's important in wrestling here uh but Brian Keith continuing to take over the world I don't know if you know this Reg but he was number one on the BWI 500 what's that um, it's a list that my super awesome co-host makes. Me. The best black town. Oh my god, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this episode was really good because there was a lot of friends on this. And like you said, that's how good Slice Boogie is. Because if you know Slice Boogie, that man ain't scared of nobody in the world. He'll fight <laughs> your mom, he'll fight your dad, he'll fight anybody. He doesn't care. But for him to be able to emote these emotions on screen just because that's the role he's here to do shows how good of a wrestler he is. I hope he gets a shot, man. I've been a, a fan of Slice for a long time. Just a real New York 
badass fool that will fight you again don't forget but this was the brian keith showcase i will admit you guys brian keith came out with an entrance song and i was like what is this shit i got online (laughs) ruckus said that it's a stock song because there's some paperwork still happening so fret not still tipping we'll be here someday one day but yeah at first i was like what in the world who do i have to send a suggestion okay. box email to with washington i just you know <laughs> but i sat and thought about it and i let everything develop how it did and i'm happy about it but no this was awesome to see uh brian keith uh after getting his graphic and everybody being excited about him getting signed here he goes getting a win what a great way to kind of establish yourself in the Ring of Honor division. A couple of people have been in the chats, and you guys are right. We don't know where the champions are. I'd like to know what Brian Keith is fighting for. Why? What's his purpose here in Ring of Honor? I'd like to know what some other people's purpose is here in Ring of Honor because we don't have any champions to show for it. But, you know, another story for another day. But I do like my guy Brian Keith coming in, getting his offense in, getting to show who he is, and getting to get some vignettes, getting to get the showcase of uh, of a wrestler that they are behind. I'm so excited about it because you guys know how I feel about Brian Keith. This is great. Brian Keith, fantastic talent. I know there are people calling for the, like, is it Bandito, Brian Keith, Hangman mm-hmm. trio that everybody's booking? I'm kind of in on that I'm idea. In. But if you want him working ROH consistently... Uh, I would like the idea of him possibly being the one to dethrone Kyle Fletcher and earning yeah. his way up there. I think that could be really, really fun. In fact, I might lay money on it, Reg. I'll <laughs> tell you what. And if I needed to be educated about where I would be making bets, there's one place that I would look. And is it because they pay us money? Partly, but also they have the earliest betting odds that you can have. Lots of advantages when you use BetOnline AG. Hey guys, I'm here to tell you about BetOnline.ag, the official betting partner of Fightful. It's not just an online platform. They've been trusted for over 25 years. They boast a focus on the player approach and have built their reputation on offering their clients nothing but the best. From cutting edge technology to enticing promotions and the latest sports betting odds. Whether it be wrestling, MMA, boxing, or Football, baseball, basketball, or racing, anything you can think of. All major sporting events are covered by betonline.ag. Fast payouts, highest credit card acceptance industry-wide, safe and secure online environments, and their live betting feature allows you to bet on your favorites weekly and easily and in real time. Betonline.ag. That's where we're going at Fightful. That's where we suggest you go as well. That's where we get all of our odds at. BetOnline.ag. Only bet what you can, and please bet responsibly. Huh. Guys, it's not just wrestling you can bet on. There's plenty of other sports, too. Mm-hmm. Football's over. Baseball's coming back, baby. Mm-hmm. That's my jam. But BetOnline has been so good to us. If you are a betting person, we encourage you to use them. If you are not a betting person... We encourage you to tell them that you found out about them through us because they made a big investment in us. It goes a long way if you guys let them know that you know about them through Fightful. But we appreciate you guys even entertaining the idea of checking them out on behalf of us and with all the money that you're winning from Bet Online AG. Because I'll tell you what, the track record, fantastic. You're going to win some dollars and you're going to spend them on FightfulSelect.com. And here's Max. why. All the scoops you could possibly ever want. 
Context for the scoops that Sean doesn't get. Mm-hmm. Bonus podcasts. Yep. Like every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Ask Rhapsody featuring this fella. More of me with Alex mm-hmm. Pulowski. Yep. If you're like, oh my God, I love this ROH show so much. Where can I get more? Behind the paywall at FightfulSelect.com. Boom. And boy, oh boy, there are some inaccuracy out there in the world. So get the accurate details, not aggregated from anybody else, straight from the fountain. All right, good stuff. But we got a question here that's kind of, this is a fun one. LFI is adding, is adding who would you add? Stephanie Vecker. Listen, if they can steal Stephanie Vecker from CMLL, Oh boy, do it. She is one of the most complete women's wrestlers that is not on enough people's radars in the world. I have seen her in some incredible matches. Her tournament match against Mercedes Monet, Mm -hmm. a thing of beauty, always impresses. She's going to be locking up with Willow in CMLL as well. They both are part of trios. Not going to talk about the other people on Willow's side. Doesn't make me very happy, but very excited to see what happens when Steph and Willow are in the ring at the same time, God willing. Kate, why? Um, I don't know. Like Tessa Blanchard, just why? The track record is there. Okay, if you, it's so visible. Just like Google her name, it's right there. It's gonna be the first thing that comes up, probably. I don't. I don't like to root for people's downfalls, but if I did, it would probably be the downfall of someone who said something racist, denied it then admitted to it, then tried to profit off of it with a t-shirt, then had her own rehab project, bullied her way out of that rehab project, uh, and now should be working at the high school gyms that she was working at before instead of a major promotion. But I digress. (laughs) I don't understand. I mean, these people be booking Alberto Del Rio, Marty Squirrel, they don't care about nothing. It is true. They are consistent with how much they just will book anyone, but um, never like to see it. Stay away from our precious Willow, please. But I'm very excited to see Steph and and Willow lock up. Very, very excited for that, because I think there's some magic that could happen. Uh, Who would I add to LFI? Man, what you got? Hmm. I don't know. It's a tough I one. know that's one I like need to think on because yeah, I don't. I also don't know enough about Luchador's flipping and spinning world to know like who's kind of associated with other things and um, like what the right fit is for that. It's Mexico. They don't care. <laughs> that's not <laughs> true. All right, then let's get Black Taurus in here. <laughs> yeah, right. Easy that as that. Be really fun, honestly, because mm-hmm. of the like ring style wise. He's such a more in that like wrecking ball feel. Uh, like Preston Vance is an LFI, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I, don't, <laughs> I don't know, like, what the priorities for that faction are. Um, but sincerely, like, Black Tarus was kind of the first one that came to mind just from like a stylistic perspective. I think that could be very, very fun. We saw Kenny King on tonight, right? Mm-hmm. He's been previously mm-hmm. affiliated with LFI before. Great job by Ian pointing that out. Um, that would be very fun if he was going to step back in the picture here. But yeah, that's a, that's a tough one and one that I would need to think on, truly. Right. Well, now it's time to get pissed off, Reg. <laughs> Mercedes Martinez defeats Trish Adora. Martinez puts Adora in a crab submission and she taps out. 
That's all I have to say. What the hell are we doing? Why is she? I know Mercedes has a great submission. Like, Trisha Dore tapping out shouldn't be happening. Trisha Dore losing this much should not be happening. I don't think Mercedes is going to win this. So, Trisha Dore not getting the W. Like, you have a chance to make Trisha feel like someone important here by beating Mercedes, a former champion. You have a really fun opportunity to have Mercedes get really pissed off about that and maybe cost Trisha Dora the, the title or somewhere along the way and have a side feud with the two of them, which makes me really, really interested. Trisha Dora versus Queen Aminata feels like a home run to me. Trisha Dora versus Layla Hirsch in a more extended feud than the one-offs that we got feels like a win to me. I don't get what the hell we aren't doing with Trisha Dora at this point. Try to be patient, getting less patient, now officially impatient. What the hell are you doing with one of the best women's wrestlers in the world and treating her like a pinfall eater after she was kind of presented as a big deal coming back from Japan? Lady Frost is nowhere to be found, and she was kind of presented as a big deal. I know not everybody can win, but why is she tapping out to Mercedes here? Just does not feel good to me at all. Like, I, I really um, think so highly of Trisha Dora and... From a tournament booking perspective, unless Mercedes is going to win the whole thing, I, I just feel like you could have done something really special with Trish here. I don't get it. I don't like the tap out either. Should have taken more to put Trish and Dora away, in my opinion. But, man, I, I'm it's one of the few pain points that shows up consistently week over week. We've turned so much of this product around. But what are we doing with Trish and Dora, man? This yeah. It feels like they the things don't match up. The way that Ian and Caprice talk about Trish, you would think that she's going to win this tournament. Like, they're like, she did all these things, that she went to the train, and, like, they always run down her resume, and you're like, wow, this woman's great, but then she never gets the wins to kind of go along with it. So it's like, you guys are telling me that she's great, but if I don't know anything about her, all I see is on this Ring of Honor show, I'm not going to think she's great because she loses every match. Now, we know the greatness of Trisha Dora and know that she can automatically bounce back, but I just want the, the commentary to match up to how she's being booked. Might be a lot to ask. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, beyond that, really good match. Mercedes Martinez, I think, is a contender uh, like no under, other former ROH women's world champ. So she's been in the big seats and she could be in here again. She's one of those people, like I was talking about earlier, that like her and Athena shouldn't rehash it. So her being able to get the same kind of heat and things over here for the ROH women's television championship, I think is cool. But yeah, Trish having to be the victim of this is just very unfortunate. And uh, maybe it'll be a story that they're telling, Kate. Maybe this is the 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 catalyst to the the triumphant return of Trish or something. This is uh, uh, to a wider story that's being told later. That's what I would like to hope, at least. I hate to compare talent, and I don't mean this in a bad way at all. Because Layla Hirsch is... Ex not Layla Hirsch. Lay what, Layla... Who's the Layla that was in the baddies? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Layla Gray. Layla Gray. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very new to this game, mm -hmm. has a ton of upside in um, her presentation and the way that she's able to play roles and the appeal of her is very obvious when she um, is around the ring, right? But like, I feel like her and Trisha Dora are treated almost the same. We have, I guess mm -hmm. we haven't really seen Layla Gray around very much, but like, it feels like they 
were put in the same role in ROH and Trisha Dora like went to the New Japan Dojo. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> like it has one of the best bridging German suplexes of anyone I've ever seen. So it's it's very frustrating to me when a talent that great feels like they are not being established in a way that is representative of their ceiling and not even close. But that's just me being cranky for now. We'll move on to things that make me happier. We get Lance Archer and the Righteous uh, versus John Cruz, JC Valentine, and James Blackheart. Uh, this was an obvious win. I feel like maybe it shouldn't have taken so much for Lance Archer and the Righteous to put these guys away um, because I feel like they're a really, really badass trio. And with like John Cruz and people we don't really know are as regulars in ROH. We probably shouldn't be taking kind of like more than a couple minutes really here. But I did like that John Cruz was managing to get some momentum against Vincent because it's the one guy in the match that realistically like size wise wouldn't, wouldn't take as much. Um, but Dutch tags in, slams the momentum to a screeching halt here. Lance Archer and the Righteous hit their finishers in succession. And that is what this win was here. Um, I said online that I felt like I would rather see if I could choose anything in the world. Uh, if it's John Cruz, Serpentico, Bendejo, or if it's an option to have Cheeseburger, Eli, some LSG, maybe some people from that crop who would be affordable appearance contracts rather than different versions of these guys, <laughs> the same guy rolled out. That would be my preference. Uh, then Serpentico tweeted at me and assured me that there was only one Serpentico. So yep. he did say those were three great names, which I felt very validated in. But mm -hmm. I would say I'd rather have talent like that kick it around, putting on great matches in places like that than because we've seen this, right? We've seen guys that are like backstage producers getting reps. Yeah. Like you have a very, very loaded roster. If you're telling me it's so thin that you need to be using people under different aliases this often, <laughs> like I feel like that's wrong. So you should either plug and play with other people um, or let's get some of that that crew back. Uh, that, yeah. would, that would be really cool to me. Um, but that's that's my only nitpick here is just that I would love to see some fresher faces rather than like yeah. two guys in John Cruz. <laughs> totally. If, it, it's, it's, I'll shoot him a little bit of bail. It's like guys are it's easier to put him in there than to fly a wrestler out or to do all that so it's like we need 10 wrestlers or blah 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 well he's here just put him in there that's probably how it usually works over here so that's all, that's all the bell that i'm gonna shoot them this shows booking inconsistencies because in another on another show lance archer would have squashed all three of these guys in five seconds so why can't you beat them with two other guys that are killers. So it was just like, I don't really know what you guys are doing here. If they are going to wherever in the world that those trios championships are, be a contender for those I'm in. But if this is just getting them on the show to beat some losers up, I'm not it. I'm out. Yeah. That's a little just weird. You're right. Inconsistent of what the end ring is, is a, a good way to put it because mm -hmm. They've smushed other teams with more reputability than this, I think. Is reputability a word? If not, it should be. And I just it made it not. up. Posting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, feel free to get in your super chats if there's anything that you want to chat about. Um, we are actually coming in at a reasonable time, so we might have wow, a couple minutes to play with, that. which is almost upsetting considering how much I talk. <laughs> but uh, also, please leave a thumbs up on this video if you would be so kind. 
uh, definitely helps us out, especially on this particular show. It helps us out all the time, but with ROH and uh, TNA especially. Speaking of which, Joel Pearl will be coming in here and Cresta Star will be joining him to talk some TNA. Great interview with Steve Macklin that dropped earlier today from Joel. And on top of that, uh, they've got a lot to talk about with the Scott Demore situation. It sounds like Fightful Select broke the news earlier today that a letter from several talent, not all talent, but several talent, was written uh, on behalf of them and written to Anthem about the departure of Scott Demore and them just voicing their frustrations about that, it sounds like. So um, not a lot of context for it, but it is on FightfulSelect.com if you wanted to check it out. But I'm sure they'll have thoughts on that as well. But we've got dejected Dalton Castle and the boys coming out against Kenny King returning to this brand. Very cool to usher him into this era of Ring of Honor. Um, this ends with one of my favorite bangerings that has ever been done because of the shot that was filmed. You had Dalton giving the bangerang to Kenny King and the boys just spinning around with him in succession, which they've done before, but the wide shot looked so good. <laughs> but unfortunately... Dalton's just dejected this whole time. He comes down the ramp and his cape is just off to the side. Mm -hmm. His facial hair is not like very kempt right now. Relatable, honestly. Like I get it. That's how I have felt. You know, uh, I had COVID at the beginning of the year coming out of it. This was kind of what I looked like. I wasn't looking great. Uh, <laughs> we have some fun post-match here too with Johnny TV who comes down and him and Taya do some jaw jockeying and finally reveal what it's going to take for Dalton to get his match. And what they want is the boys, kind of as we suspected, Reg. Yep. Uh, love this angle. Also very smooth by Ian Riccoboni to be like, what do they want with the boys? Is it, is it ha have to do with their new show, Johnny Loves Taya, that you can get very smooth. We see you, Ian, getting your plugs in all into kayfabe. I like it. I like it. But fun match. Great to see Kenny King back an LFI previous affiliate. So maybe there's something brewing there, but really, really like what we're getting as this story continues to roll down the hill. But that bangering with the boys in, in sync with him just absolutely pops me. Yeah. This might have been my favorite thing on the show. Honestly, just from a finally standpoint, Kenny King is ROH through and through. I've been so upset that he hasn't been here to represent in the new honor club generation of ring of honor so him being here made me so happy when i saw the graphic yesterday it just brightened my day up and uh he got a good showing here it was in henderson which is close to vegas so um he's from vegas he got a good ovation here had a really good match with dalton castle even though dalton castles is so depressed he can barely put his gear on he could barely walk he could barely talk but he ended up getting the victory here but yeah i thought kenny king had a good showing that was the best part of the show for me and i hope that he is brought back because he legit is uh, a great hand in every aspect of the 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 way here. He could be a producer. He could be a wrestler. He could just do anything in the, the things. And I think he would add so much more to Ring of Honor in all aspects. We love Kenny King over here. That's what it's all about. But, yeah, Kate, we're finally getting here. Dalton Castle and Johnny TV are coming to a head. It's finally going to happen. And the boys are in danger. And we're not surprised because, of course, in this game. <laughs> yeah, what a what a time, what a time. But yeah, I think that adds it another funny element. I'm sure that whole thing of if he does get the boys and he goes with them, the 
Johnny TV extras that we'll get out of it. Really good stuff here. And uh, maybe we'll finally get Dalton out of this funk that he's been in because it's been depressing, Kate, for, for all of us. It's honestly such a win-win for me because I feel like if Johnny TV wins, like this downtrodden Dalton Castle is going to be apoplectic. And I yeah. want to see what the rest of that spiral might look like as he's trying to win the boys back. I feel like mm-hmm. that could buy you another month and a half of programming if you wanted it to that could end up being a really fun pay-per-view match but i also love the idea of dalton just successfully defending and getting to keep his boys johnny tv would be so flummoxed but like this very short program of johnny tv and taya and the boys being like a weird stable like the boys tv or whatever like what that could lead to could be so much fun so absolutely loving this and a a Dalton Castle who has completely lost it could be a very fun thing to see. But we move along to our main event, which is Diamante versus Kara Hogan. Yes. Love to see women main eventing. Love that it's not just Athena main eventing too. Like we're getting some some really fresh stuff for the women's division here. Um, and a really, really, really fun match. Now, this was hard hitting. It was intense. It was explosive. The storytelling was great. Kira Hogan, I think, is shining more and more in every single appearance that she has. There was this moment where um, Diamante uh, just reacted and was so stunned by some offense that Kira Hogan got in. I think just like elbows. And she just kind of looked at her like, the hell did that come from? Like really, really, really (laughs) fun in-ring reactions tonight. But Diamante winning with a swinging neck breaker. Um, that's what it was. It was a back elbow. I thought that was in my mm-hmm. notes somewhere. It was this back elbow that Hogan hit, and Diamante was just like stunned and, and pissed off. It was a really fun spot, but also in this match, Diamante assuring Hogan that this was going to hurt her more than it would Diamante. Just really, really like cute in-ring storytelling. Loved, loved, loved this. Um, there was a Hogan was put in the... Uh, Diamante putting Hogan in the corner for uh, shoulder to the midsection was just like ugh, some nasty, mm-hmm. nasty work in this. But this was a really fun main event. It felt main eventy because of the way they just ratched up the intensity. Adored that. But to your point earlier, what I loved about this episode was how different all four of the women's matches felt. It's mm-hmm. awesome to see that kind of diversity on matches that all have the same stakes, essentially. Yes. Some new faces that we hadn't seen in that first one, some really great technical storytelling in the second one way more intense than I anticipated main event here. Just really, really fun. Your thoughts on our main event tonight? Yeah, I thought this was a really strong way to end the episode, kind of with this built-in story. We all know about Kira and Diamante. They have history, some would sure. say. So um, <laughs> you know that before this match, they were like, hey, we're going out there. No plan today. And they both were not playing today. They were both throwing everything that they have, trying to end their partner, the in their person in the ring and get the victory. I thought that Kira looked great with her uh, in the corner boots and butts. I thought that uh, Diamante is on. Um, it, I don't know if they're on a trajectory of her and Mercedes maybe locking up, but they're two strong women in this that uh, are going to be tough to beat. Diamante trying to establish herself as a contender, I think. It's cool because remember uh, for a while when we started the show, you were like, where's Diamante? With Diamante, big Diamante fan. And 
she's here now and she's a contender and she's having really fun matches with Kira. I thought that this was a great way to end the show, a strong women's representation. And uh, she's one that I would not be surprised if she won this. Yeah, I could see that too. It's, there's like a fun, there's fun things that you could see happening when you look at the world title picture for the women. And then this TV title of like, yeah. it would be really cool to have Athena and Queen Amanada. It would be cool to have mm. Queen Amanada dethrone Athena and have Diamante mm. or whatever. Mm. Or Taya and Athena feels like a fun combo. Like you can kind of yes. play with these a little bit. So I I really like uh, the possibilities that this TV tournament is producing for us and um, continues to be a, a fun thing since they announced this title. It's been something we were building to and now it's like underway properly. Love it. Love to see it. Love women's wrestling on Thursday nights and that continues into TNA. Always one of the strongest women's divisions out there. But we've got another super chat from Meet Normus, who's always so supportive of us. Thank you, Meet Normus, Thanks, saying, me. will Dalton Castle actually finish the story and get to smash Johnny TV's face, or will he continue to spiral into Luther's role with Timeless Tony Storm? I've been begging, begging for some interactions with Dalton and Timeless Tony. I just Honestly. feel like, God, there's such a match made in heaven. And you don't even really have to pivot that hard. No. Um, it, it's such a home run. And I fear that Tony Storm might be working her way back to normalcy sooner than later. So I, I need them to capitalize on this while they can. But mm -hmm. what a blast. Like that, uh, we have these two very character heavy um, staples on both shows. And I love that Dalton is so over in a presentation that feels so sports-based otherwise, like it's fun to have oddballs when the whole sea isn't oddballs in my opinion. So like, I, I really appreciate that. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Dalton? Do you have a preference on him spiraling into the Tony storm uh, picture? Or do you want to see him win here? I kind of want them to extend this feud, honestly, like him and Johnny yeah. have been so much fun. And I feel like it wouldn't overstay. It's welcome with the possibilities that are there. Um, yeah, I I like this idea of him continuously spiraling because like this would be the perfect way to kind of do it. He's already in this depressive state. If they just continued, continued, he runs into Tony Storm and somehow they do something together. I think that's an amazing idea and it could be some great content. But yeah, I kind of feel like the same thing for you. I think like let's maybe stretch this out to Supercard of Honor, man, because they've earned it just with the weekly things they've been doing on this i mean we saw johnny tv do the splits and be dragged away like you deserve something for this dude and a match at super card of honor is the way like we can extend this thing just so both of these guys get a really big payoff because a match on just a regular match on honor club isn't enough for what these guys have been doing it's kind of like the starks and athena story that was being told us like well, these women have been killing it. We need to like pay it off in a big way, like make it the main event of the show. They need something like this, like let's extend it or let's have a big hoopla or something that shows you that this is an important feud. Both guys have been amazing in all of it, though, regardless. I was so frustrated that Dalton didn't win the TV title and this coming out of it has been awesome. Like yeah. what a fun way to go. And I do feel like you kind of want Brian and Keith to maybe be next one up like He's white hot right now. Maybe mm -hmm. like capitalize on how that feels for a TV title win. Him and Kyle Fletcher, I think, could do some really fun work. But yep. um, before we hand it over to the TNA crew, one of which is waiting in the background, fixing his hair with his comb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got a couple of minutes here that we can chat about some things. So 
I actually really liked tonight's episode of Ring of Honor, but there is an elephant in the room, which is that there are no champions again. Maddening. I got to say, the frustration carries over to me on AEW because it seems like the multi-man pictures on both of these programs is something that has been lost in the shuffle. Um, Honestly, it doesn't feel... I was so excited when the Kingdom won because I felt like they were going to be back around. No, they have been more um, than our other tag team champions, as in, like, ever. But, you know, you've got the six-man belts being carried around by Bullet Club Gold, and we don't Mm. see them around here. Eddie Kingston's not around right now. Mm. Fletcher was not around today. Still felt like there was a lot of important stuff on the episode because of the tournament, but like we had our champions around and then they took them away from us again. Reg, did that hurt your viewing of the show tonight? Uh, I think uh, no, because of the importance of the TV title tournament. I think it's like in this case, this is the only time where I'm going to be like, okay, it's not that bad that there wasn't champions because they're trying to establish a new champion and kind of, them being the focal point of it, I think it's a great idea. And Athena was here, but she wasn't, you know, she wasn't defending her championship, but she was yeah. here representing as the forever ROH Women's Champion and the MVP of Ring of Honor. So there was some representation, but it does get frustrating this. We consistently have to deal with this, Kate, of an ROH wrestler winning the belt and then, I mean, an AEW wrestler winning an ROH belt and then taking the belt hostage and never seeing him again on Ring of Honor TV. It's like, well, what's the point of that? I don't really understand. It feels like they're going to merge these belts, so that's something, but I don't know. It's not looking too good. We need to, uh, we need to get back to it. Our ROH Tag Champ did have an amazing main event last night, though, so that's something. There you go. It is true, and they've got Rocky Romero around, so if there's someone who knows how to help out with a brand yep. that has too many belts, there's mm. a guy who has experience with that exact pain point in Rocky Romero that broke Earlier this week, I think it was reported by Observer as confirmed by Fightful Select. So very happy that uh, Rocky Romero is in the fold. And I'm intrigued to see yep. what his position is because he's so instrumental throughout the wrestling landscape. And his one position thing I would is like Rocky to- Romero. The position is Rocky Romero, title <laughs> Rocky it. Romero. Yeah. Or retired wrestler like the WWE <laughs> documentary had him listed. Yeah, My God. Weird. But um I, I would love to see crossover between New Japan Strong and ROH. So mm-hmm. Rocky being around, maybe we get that. Because I'll tell you what, Anthony Henry put out that he wanted to fight Shingo Takagi. And I was like, okay. I need that. I need mm-hmm. that immediately. So mm-hmm. but we are going to bring in the TNA crew. We are remarkably done on time, even before a wild situation tonight. But TNA... Lots of stuff going on over there. Did you guys, uh, Joel and Cresta, <laughs> did y'all sign the petition to get Scott back? No, we, we were the ones who wrote the letter, clearly. Oh, I'll get you. Yeah, I penned it. Yeah, I penned it. Yeah, we did the third and fourth draft, and then the final one went through the talent, and then that's how it went. Nice, nice, Very nice. nice. <laughs> Breaking news here. So, Tell the world. What mean, is going on over there, you guys? It's a crazy... TNA's just like... They had this resurgence, uh, pun intended, like all these things are happening in a good way. <laughs> and then these wild stuff just start happening out of nowhere. It's like, this isn't what we wanted. We were having a good time over here. I have to quote my little brother. 
when I told him about this, he said, this is a very TNA thing to happen. That's TNA. the thing, though, Cresta. <laughs> it's just like, this is so TNA. On brand. They rebranded is... and we're like, we are going back to our old ways right now. They're like, you guys <laughs> want we to TNA? We, back. we meant it. Joel kept saying, we're not getting the six sided rings back, but they said, hey, we're getting everything else, baby. <laughs> <laughs> some of those talent, some of those talent have walked back that answer about not wanting a six sided ring. Really, <laughs> Jordan Grace told. I think Jordan either told Sean or Denise that she would be open to having it not as a full time, but as like a gimmick if they did if they did a few gimmick matches. Oh yeah, she yeah. would be cool with that. You know, but I was just like, no, 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 go back to not wanting it because also like if you do a six sided ring, you got to do a full show because you're gonna bring a six sided ring in for just one match. Can't do I'm that. Not, not. A war games match with one six sided ring and yeah. bring back the one night only ring. shows. Well, it's like yeah, you could do it like that, but also like I'm thinking back to like SummerSlam 1998 when they did the Lions Den match and you uh... had to do. The Lions Den was like in a separate theater in Madison Square Garden, and they filled up that theater. And like, sure, you could do that, but like, TNA is not 1998 WWF. So I was gonna say, you could also not do that, which is yeah. a better option in that yeah. situation. But uh, Joel, I did plug your interview with Steve Macklin. It upsettingly sounds like you guys might have buried the hatchet a little bit. So that yeah. hurts we're best my friends feelings, now. But... Yeah, we're best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's gross. They so. fired us. Uh, Joel's dad, Scott Demore. So I think there's solidarity. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. They, you know what? I like that. job when we spoke. So we got that going for us. Joel's dad, I'm dead. <laughs> every yo, every week there's a picture of Joel side by side with Scott Demore. Have you ever seen them in the same room? Somebody on Twitter said, you ever seen Joel and Joel Gacy in the same room? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just asking the questions. I'm just asking questions. Listen, I think Joel's. I the hardest working man in wrestling because he also is Scott Demore and he's also Joe Gacy. Busy, busy fella. Joel's the forbidden door all this wow. time. But... Listen, listen. You guys want a big scoop? You, you guys, you want a big, big scoop? Yes. Okay. You know how Scott Demore brought a banknote to 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 Anthem was like, I'm, I'm going to buy this thing if y'all want me to. Mm-hmm. I heard it was from the bank of Mercedes. Oh, oh wow, Joel, wow. give away the business. Hold a on a minute, dude. Five dollars for this, Joel. You can't just be giving them out for free like this. Yeah, That's not really don't 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 run with that. That would be aggregators. Knock it off immediately. I've had enough people do weird things on our ITW show. I don't yeah. want to No, well, as a woman on the he internet. Said here. He said here. <laughs> He was still getting messages from like from TNA staff. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, why do you say that? <laughs> like, for the jokes, like, people. It's for the jokes. For you the want world. scoops? Go watch Sean Ross Sap. If you want yuck yucks, watch this. That's right. <laughs> you know, That's you know, Kate. Right. You have to do an interview with Serpentico now that he's called you out. That's true. I know Serpentico and only Serpentico. Definitely not. Also, John Cruz and on occasional Ben Dejo. No, no leave two, those guys at home. Two, Different people. Also, never ask him when his last victory was because he will know. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did Good that one in an interview and he actually knew. Subject. Yeah, he was like, I beat Barry Morales and it was June. Da, da, da. I was like, holy shit, it's in my notes. You actually hit it right on the head. So good for him. People know they remember those wins and losses matter at ROH. So mm-hmm. there you go. This was, this was in AEW. That makes it even worse. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Pre rankings, post rankings. This, uh, this is 2022, so rankings were in effect. Wow. There yeah. you go. So yeah. he should know them. But Damn, Well, we will TNA. turn it over to you guys. Thank you so much for hopping in here, talking some TNA. TNA, we'll get out of here, TNA, TNA. Have, Peace, uh, 
have a wonderful show. Thanks. Bye. Y'all.